What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Okay, let's do it. Welcome back to Confident as Fuck. I am here today with Nicole. I am so, so excited. Nicole is a crypto investor, an NFT project founder, and a real estate developer remotely working all of this in Web3. I know I'm like, uh, that's a big rap sheet. That's freaking amazing. Everything. Yes. All the things, all the things. Um, and I actually met Nicole through Michelle. So if you guys know Big Shell, I'm sure you guys all do. She's been on the podcast before. So she connected us and that's how we're here. And actually Nicole lives in Mexico, which you guys know again in Mexico often. My in-laws live there. So I love seeing your stories and seeing all the different places that you're always going to so that I'm like mentally noting and actually noting the places that you go so I can go as well. So welcome to the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for the welcome. I'm ex- I'm so happy that you actually, you know, take notes. <laughs> I want to see like where people are going. So I'm always like, oh, where is that? So I always like tag my location. I'm like, yeah, put this on your list because I want to know. And that's what I do. I get to keep lists. So when you go to Mexico, holler at your girl, because I have a list for every city you can go to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so like, I hate it when someone doesn't tag it. I'm like, hello, yeah. we need to know where this is. <laughs> Don't gatekeep the good stuff. Seriously. Um, so tell us in your words, I gave the intro of all your titles, but give us kind of like a, your version of what you do. Yeah, for sure. So I was an early crypto investor, which kind of gave me freedom to dabble in what I'm doing now. So I kind of started, um, a marketing agency per se. It was very influencer based. So I had uh, gathered a group of girls that we all worked together and we would have projects come to us and be like, yeah, we want, you know, just like organic marketing, just like tell people about our projects. So we kind of started to do that. So I have a web three marketing company and then I got introduced to shell and the whole gang from healing hippies, which is an NFT project we are working on now. Super cool project. I'll get into more detail later, most likely, but, um, health-based, mental health-based, wellness-based, and we have some really cool people on the team. So we're super excited to launch that. And then, of course, I got into the world of real estate here in Mexico because when I moved here, I was like so excited to share the opportunities that you might not know of in Mexico. So, you know, where I come from, Vancouver, it's very expensive to live. There's a very small chance that you might be able to afford a property at this time in the world like at our age it's very hard so Mexico is a lot cheaper like easier barrier to entry to you know own a property and you're able to make that residual income so I was really excited to kind of share that with people back home so all those pillars all together I work remotely I've been living in Mexico for almost nine months so it's been a really cool change I packed up all my stuff I left Canada I was like peace and then I moved to Mexico and here I am. <laughs> I love that you just moved to Mexico. So tell us kind of like how that happened and what made you move to Mexico, what part of Mexico you explored before you moved there and like what did that process look like? Yeah, for sure. I hope um this inspires people because I actually just I'll meet with people that I help and um she kind of had a very similar story to me. So I was actually working in corporate. I had been one of the founding members of a startup. So it was like really intense. I had a lot of hats to wear. I was working with all males, super male dominated. um, And the the company ended up getting sold. And at that point, I felt very defeated. I was like, I worked so hard. I worked my ass off on this. (laughs) And, you know, the males left, you know, was something like get brought on to other job opportunities as much. So I just was like, you know what, I'm going to take a month off. I'm going to go to Mexico for a month, see how I feel, see if I can, you know, some remote work work for me. 
And um, I got there. I was in Playa. So I had visited Playa maybe when I was younger, but more of the resort, you know, typical Mexico experience that a lot of people have where, you know, you don't really leave the resort or maybe you leave the resort like one day and you're like, oh, this is, this is dangerous. Like I shouldn't leave the resort and everyone's feeding you all this like information, <laughs> like um, that Mexico is so awful and scary and you're going to get kidnapped. Um, so as a female alone, you know, you're a little bit weary. So I initially had started in Playa del Carmen um, and Playa is very like Americanized. So you can like go to the shopping mall. You can like go to Zara. You can go to like, you know, get a cheeseburger. Like it's not anything too crazy and you can walk from one end to the other. So I liked that you didn't have to like, there was a lot of expats there as well. So that was the first place I chose. I was like, I'm going to station myself there for a month, see how it goes. And honestly, after three weeks, I was like, okay, I'll just extend for like another two, three weeks and see what happens. Um, which kind of led me to staying much longer. Uh, so I had traveled around a little bit as well. I went to Puerto Vallarta. I didn't like Puerto Vallarta. I went to Mexico City. Mexico City is also an amazing place. I would definitely want to live there sometime in the future. And then it was funny because I went back home to Vancouver and it was during May. It wasn't during winter, but I went back for a week and my, my energy was just, I was just sitting in my house and I just remember being like, this is just not it for me. Like this energy is just not it. <laughs> so I packed my bags again and I left. Um, and I met some friends that were going to the state of Oaxaca. So Oaxaca is actually one of the poorest states in Mexico. Uh, they haven't gotten a lot of government funding until maybe this year where the new governor is actually from there. So you see a lot of growth there. And in real estate development, obviously you want to go where the growth is. Playa del Carmen, Tulum, Cancun, those places have already experienced a ton of growth. And um, so I said, I'm going to explore this area. It's way more virgin. There is no chain restaurants. There is no chain stores. Like you are going there and you're experiencing like the virgin like side of Mexico. Like it's not, it's not easy to just, you know, go to the store, go grab something from Target. Like that's, that's not a thing. You have one grocery store and you get everything from the grocery store, whether it be like car battery to like sheets for your bed, dishware, you're getting everything from Shadrawi, the grocery store. So it's a very different experience. Um, going from one to the other, but it's taught me a lot. So <laughs> that is my history of where I ended up here. But and what parts of Mexico have you been to? Um, I have been to like Playa del Carmen, like Cabo, those mm -hmm. type of places, but we go to Rosarito very often and actually just outside of Rosarito mm -hmm. where Renee's parents live, which is called um Primo Tapia, which is um in between like Rosarito and Ensenada. Um, and same thing. It's very like small. There's a little strip with restaurants and um, like little markets and um, vendors, but then there's one Calimax. That's it. Um, and mm -hmm. even that is like a little far. It's not that far, but it's a little farther. And I was just saying on another podcast, how I think the reason that I connect with going there so much is because there's not so much you know, um, anything Americanized or like big stores or things that you can do right away. Right. Even like if you're not on Wi-Fi, your phone's not that great sometimes. So it's like, you get to disconnect a lot more. And mm -hmm. I like yeah. that aspect of disconnecting when you want and connecting back in when you want to, too. And it's a lot slower, not as busy. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love that you said that you, heard all these things about Mexico, right? Like everyone is saying it's dangerous and all these things. And I think that that can be true, right? Like anywhere can be dangerous yeah. in the US, um, Canada, anything can be dangerous, but I do love to see you out there doing your thing in Mexico as a single female, like doing it <laughs> just by yourself, because it's really like, it can actually be also super safe. I have not felt mm -hmm. unsafe um, anytime I've been. Yeah, it's a huge misconception. And I, I realized like there is dangerous parts and 
you have to be safe and like you you just need to think with common sense and you need to think on the level of you know worst case scenario what am I going to do in this situation like you do need to like just have that mindset I think anywhere you travel in the whole entire world so you know it's not just Mexico and I've never once ever felt unsafe in Mexico um so yeah huge misconception but just like using you know common sense to like guide you and listen to your intuition there's I've heard stories too of people having bad experiences. It's not like maybe one day I won't be immune to it, but you know, you just need to practice common sense for sure. And it's so weird because I tell the story a lot actually is that in Vancouver we have, and, and I know in LA we have a huge like opioid crisis and we have just a lot of homeless people. So when I was living in Mexico, I came back home and I was almost like just desensitized to it, I guess at home. So when I went back and I was like, whoa, like this is actually really crazy. There's like a lot of like dangerous, like homeless people, like people doing drugs on the street. Like you just get so desensitized to it. And Mexico is not like that whatsoever. Everything is like, they just don't have that culture or they don't have that, you know, problem in their culture. So it was just so weird for me to come back and be like, whoa, this is really weird actually. (laughs) Because you get used to it. Yeah. You do get really desensitized to it. Even like you said, being in LA and living like in a downtown area, you get so desensitized and it's interesting. Like you don't really see that as much in Mexico. You do see like a little bit of it in cities, but not, Mm -hmm. not like LA or any, or any major city really. So it's, it is interesting how the culture is different in that aspect of like, the opioid crisis or, um, just homelessness in general. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you about, but I love also how you touched the disconnection. Yeah. Sorry. We have like a slight delay. Yeah. Mexico. I'm on, I'm on Mexico time and you're you're at normal time. (laughs) My goddamn Wi-Fi every time. Um, yeah, the disconnection portion because of the, just like the slower pace of life too that you have to get used to for sure. Right. Like everything is so much slower and so much more relaxed. Like even, um, even like stores being open on holidays felt more relaxed to me. So like when we went for Christmas, like everywhere was open on Christmas, like everything was pretty much open. Um, and I think like in a relaxed way, it wasn't like this hard and fast, like we're closed. We have to be closed today. And we're open at, you know, 5am tomorrow. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Like a lot of people were at the store getting, getting stuff. And it was Christmas. I think it was Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve and Christmas day we went, but anyways, yeah, it's just totally different, uh, pace. It took me some adjusting from being in like a Western culture where everything is like now, yesterday, like get everything done, like work harder. You need to be like a multimillionaire. Like (laughs) it was a very big adjustment for me to see like, okay, I need to like, just like slow down because like nothing's passing me by that's not meant for me. So I just need to like chill and try not to like put so much pressure on myself. So that was a really big adjustment that I don't know if anyone can relate to that unless you move to a different country almost. It's just different. Yeah, I think everyone obviously should visit other countries, but living in another country or spending an extended amount of time in another country is, can be super, super helpful for just that, a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I always recommend girls like, well, everyone, girls, uh, to like experience <laughs> traveling alone because- if you haven't traveled alone, there's like a different type of freedom that also comes with that because, you know, sometimes you're with your girlfriend and your partner and you don't really get to experience everything you want to do or you don't get to take your time doing like one thing or you might just like meet people that you wouldn't usually meet. So yeah, I always like tell people, yeah, just like experience traveling alone at least once in your life so that you can like be like, I did that by myself and it was so cool. And I met people and I did this like very empowering, I would say. Yes. I love a solo trip. Yes. I just love being alone too, but (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. Um, okay. Now I want to ask you about the heel app. So tell me about the heel app. Tell me about you being 
founder, NFT projects, all those things. Yeah. So super exciting. I think NFTs, you know, people have this like idea that NFTs are just like this generic picture and like, oh, people are trading monkeys. Like that's so lame. Like they don't have any value. Like aren't NFTs over? And you're just like, okay, (laughs) if you're not like involved in a web three community, if you're not like, you know, keeping up with the times, um, then yeah, you're going to have that perspective. But I think for the future, NFTs have a lot of interesting use cases. And this is going to be one of them, I think. So um, Healing Hippies is is like a PFP project. So a PFP project is that people use for their profile picture. So it is like that monkey or like a carrier that people want to use. And it might look like them. They might resonate with it, but you're like collecting those. So that's like the typical NFT that people collect. And this project actually holds utility. So that was like a big word to be thrown around in Web3 because people were like, well, what utility does it have? Like, and what they mean by that is like, what does this NFT give me? Is this NFT going to like unlock something? Can I go to like cool events with it? Can I like get into a secret party? Like whatever. Each collection, you know, has their own utility. So for us, we created the Heal app. Um, so each healing hippie is going to unlock a portion of the heal app. So, and I know you talked to Lana too. So Lana is on our team. If you guys remember, uh, she was on the podcast. Uh, she's a coach. So she actually brought on a bunch of coaches with us. We love Lana. We love Lana. Um, and she is a soul enhancer. We can't call her a coach because you know <laughs> she's elevated. <laughs> so she brought in her team and, and she has so many coaches and even Alicia came to speak to us as well. You did about confidence. So what we're doing is kind of integrating those, those coaches into our app. So you'll have access to coaches under each section. Each NFT is going to unlock a section. So you won't necessarily have access to everything, but you're going to have access to coaches in that section. So there might be like wellness, there might be fitness, there might be like spiritual health. We are going to be talking about like meditation, astrology, like eating habits, um, like actual physical fitness. So there's going to be many things to cover in there. And we're really excited because there's going to be content. Like we're pumping out a bunch of content to help everyone, whether it's like recipes, you know, meditations, breath work, sound healing. We're going to have tons of stuff on the app that people can use to, you know, just boost their mental health. Because I think during COVID and and it did shift my perspective too, and I'm sure it shifted many people's perspective about their mental health, just because we had so much time. But in Web3, especially because, you know, it is based all online and everyone's just like working from their computer and they're not working with a team in an office. You know, you're usually kind of on your own working on your project or doing stuff. So there was just a big community for mental health. Um, And we kind of seen that people were actually very vulnerable, which was surprising because I almost equate it to like when you had like MSN Messenger back in the day or like you had those like chat rooms where you were like telling people you don't know your whole life and and you felt okay about it because maybe it's because you're like behind a computer, you can hide behind like your profile and you're just like, yeah, like I'm not having a good day. I'm suffering from like anxiety and like I had a really messed up like week, like my family or whatever. People were just really vulnerable and it was cool to see that um, people were able to just talk to strangers about their mental health. And it was cool. I think, um, that's kind of, that's what makes me like the happiest about the project is just people being able to be vulnerable together and people are able to support them. Your experience might, you know, inspire me or make me feel, you know, like I'm not alone, like, Oh, someone else has experienced that. So and they've gotten through it and they did X, Y, Z to help them. And they can go on the heal app and they can get this meditation that this person did. And maybe that will help them. Or this person's going to remind them, to, you know, go out in nature, enjoy your day, just try and like focus on yourself. And I think that's the value that the heal app will bring to people. And it won't just be in web three. We're going to have an app from the app store as well that you can just join, be a part of the community. It will be really exciting. I'm excited to see how it all works out. And we'll have Lana and Shell in there. Shell with the good energies. Lana with yes. the good <laughs> Yeah. I, when I did the Twitter space with you guys, um, yeah, it was really awesome to see men 
on there mm-hmm. sharing about their mental yeah. health. That's what I found the most like um, pa- empowering and or shocking, I guess, and unexpected was the men on there because, you know, they're as women, I think it's so much more accepted, obviously, for us to share about our mental health. And we talk openly with each other about our mental health now, but men still not really that much of a place for that, I feel. And I think, like you said, crypto, NFTs, and that whole community is very open and vocal about that. And so you providing that through Twitter spaces, which is free, right? Free content on the app and then paid content through your sales. Just really, really awesome. And I love that your project also has a utility. So yes, if you are in um, the Web3 world, then you obviously know utility is super important to the user, but I'm really excited to see what you guys do and see the app come to life and like see all the big things come to life because Michelle has been telling me about it. Um, Lana, obviously now on the team and like seeing her post about it. I'm just like, it's, it's a vibe. It's coming. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm excited. It will be, um, I've seen like some of the mock-up like renders because they have been working on it and I'm like, Ooh, this is actually very like luxurious. So yeah, I'm excited to see the final product because I think it will have really good value for people. Yeah, super, super exciting. But yeah, the men, the men, I I don't know. It is, it's so much harder for men too to, you know, be able to express themselves. Yeah, I've seen a lot of community outreach from the men just being able to like speak about their lives and just like issues they're facing because yeah, in normal society I don't feel like there is really much of a community for pe- for men to really express their feelings so and, and web3 is very male dominated so it is very interesting to see them come forward and be able to feel like they have a safe place did you guys put that into your branding like the thoughts of that it would be unisex like women and yeah. men Mm-hmm. And our art is actually as well, male and female. And, and I believe we're going to be able to, I don't know if we're choosing, if you're going to be able to choose your gender or you're just going to be able to mint whatever. So you might be able to choose your gender. I don't know if we finalize that, but then you can at least, you know, if you're male and you want your male picture, you can have your male picture. And if you don't care, you can just choose whatever. And they're fun. And I wouldn't say they're like super female or super male also. Yeah, I am super excited for the Healing Hippies to come out and the Heal app to come out. So that's really, really exciting for you guys. So tell me how you got into real estate in Mexico. Like, how did that all happen for you? So in Vancouver, you're not actually allowed to Airbnb. Like, there's like five buildings you can Airbnb. But when I moved to Mexico, I was like, well, not asking for permission. So just going to do it anyways. And so I had Airbnb'd my apartment. I had basically cleared out everything. I had like one small closet and I put a lock on it and I Airbnb'd my place for Mexico. At the time I was making $300 a night. I was like, sweet. I don't have to worry about anything because I'm making money. <laughs> and I did it all remotely. So like I just had my cleaning lady, you know, go to my apartment, clean it, leave the keys, you know, in a certain place. And I was living in Mexico. So I had no worries. Uh, Then in Mexico, I was actually staying at my friend's apartment initially, and they had it Airbnb. And he is telling me, oh, yeah, this apartment cost me uh, $189,000. I was like, okay. Uh, So at that point, I was like, let me look into this because I know what I'm paying for this month. Like, I'm like, I want my own apartment down here making me money every month. So I kind of, I met with all these developers. I um, went on all these like tours of different apartments, uh, comparing all these different things. Then I started meeting with developers because, you know, at one point you're like, okay, so I can pay $189,000 for this apartment or I can pay $189,000. I've seen the model that they're doing. So I can pay $189,000 for a piece of land and then I can build on this piece of land. So, and they were just selling everything pre-construction. So at that point, my brain started thinking, okay, 
I can buy a piece of land. I can pre-sale the apartments on it. I don't need to put up my own capital. I only need to buy the land, which is the same price as what I was willing to spend. And I had one or two people that were interested in investing with me. And I was like, okay, so this is what I'm thinking about doing. I then started comparing different areas of Mexico. So as I said before, like Playa is very like, it's had tons of growth over the last, you know, five, 10 years. They've seen so much growth. And I was like, okay, where is somewhere that is upcoming in growth? Like, where is it uptrending? Because I want to be there. I looked at Tulum too. And Tulum was just like, Oh, it was like overdeveloped. There's so many new buildings, so many like places and the jungle just spans for miles and miles. Like you could build a thousand more homes. And I was like, okay, this is not the place because there's just too much here. And when I visited the Oaxaca coast, I seen that a lot of people that were initially in the Tulum, you know, original vibe were starting to move on because that place had got too commercialized. They wanted to be like more authentic, you know, more chill. So they were moving to that side of Mexico, the coast of Oaxaca. So I was like, I'm going to go there and check out stuff. And you can have an ocean from lot for $100,000. Like you can be on a cliff in front of the ocean for like $150,000. Like I was like, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be, you know, setting up my real estate. So now I'm like in that process again um finding land that I like you know being able to connect people with land that they want or you know just finding things that you know people want to build their dream home but they don't know where to start so I'm kind of like that middle person that's like I have some ideas for you I have some land options for you if you want to build I have these like architects that you can work with um so that's kind of been my position in real estate now and I'm working kind of behind the scenes with a few people doing marketing and I'm just excited to see the growth of that area really. So if you think you can't buy in Mexico, you can buy in Mexico friends because <laughs> that's another big misconception too. Yeah. Like, you can't buy if you're a foreigner, but yes, you can buy if you're a foreigner. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us about that. Tell us about that process and like the, I guess if you had any issues come up, trying to buy as someone who's not a resident or a um, citizen of Mexico and what that process was like. Yeah. So there's two ways and some of them vary state to state. Um, but generally you're going to either create a Mexican corporation or you're going to have a fiduciary, which is like basically the bank is the general title, but you're leasing it from the bank and legally it doesn't, imply anything really like you're going to be able to sell your home you're going to be able to live on your home nothing's going to happen um so there's those two options that you have and you just need to make sure that you have this is i think where the issues arise is when you don't actually have a title to your home so you need to have like the actual title and deed to your home and that's where sometimes people might get scammed or they might be like, oh, you can buy this land, but the land is not actually titled and it, it belongs to like the government or someone else. And they're just like selling on top of that land, like just trying to scam people. So there is a lot of precautions that you want to take. But again, you're going to consult with a lawyer. And here in Mexico, people mostly use notaries. So the notary acts as the lawyer. Um, so you're just going to need to, you know, have the right people working with you, have the notary, do the background check on the land, do the background check on developers that you're working with, because that's another thing you might pay, you know, 50K deposit and then something goes wrong. They don't get the right permits. They don't pay off the right people because that's what it's like in Mexico too. It's like, then you're left with this building that's uncompleted and you can't really do anything. So there is like little tips that you just need to watch out for. And I think working with someone that has a good, background they have had good experience they might you know be mexican themselves they might be already gone through this process you really need to search out and seek those people so you can just have sound advice because i love mexico but of course there's some things <laughs> that people do to take advantage of people and that just comes with the territory but you just need to you know protect yourself and be cautious so don't go into it blind you know like have someone to talk to you can talk to me of course but um 
there's lots of, you know, research. There's lots of, if you Google it, you will find everything. So just like, you know, do your research, know what's coming up and then, you know, consult a professional. Yeah. Which it's so similar to the U S right. Like that, if you really break it down and think about it, that those things can actually happen in the U S too, right? Like someone not following through on their, uh, permits or, right. Any of the things that you mentioned could actually happen in the U S too. We just have, I guess, better laws to maybe go after the person, I guess, afterwards, like the after effect could be a little bit different, but those things can still happen. So I think also remembering that when you're hearing all these things about what can happen to a property or to anything that you buy, um, like that in Mexico. And like you said, having the right people in your corner is so key, um, in anything you do. So I love that you explained that so thoroughly because, um, I think that, like I said, it's a big misconception and it's also misunderstood a lot of the times as well. Like a lot of times people talk about, um, like you said, the title and the deed, but they have it, um, a little bit different. So I love that you cleared that up for us. So thank you. Don't be scared. No, no, don't be scared. Mexico is so fun. I have to ask you like, as you're explaining all this stuff and as you're talking about like your investments and how you got into these different industries, were you always someone who was like business minded or investment minded? Did that come from like your background growing up or did that come from like college? Where did that come from? Yeah. It's so funny. Um, I was always entrepreneurial and even I was always like super independent too. My parents would be like, yeah, you just like always wanted to just like do whatever on your own. You didn't want anyone telling you what to do and you just go off. And I'd be like, yep, still, yeah, still true. Um, and I always kind of <laughs> carved my own path. Like I was an entrepreneur when I was very young. Well, not very young. I think like 20, I had an online store. Before that, I was like, I was, I actually, <laughs> my grandma she was like, put us to work when we were like 15. Like I would be like waitressing when I was 15, like working as like a little waitress. Like I bring out some salads, but like, um, I was always working and she had such a strong work, work ethic to me. Like I idolize, I idolize that in a sense, like I've seen her working so hard, but I, you know, went from being a waitress, went to being a waitress. I worked in nightlife for a bit and it was just exhausting. But I had started like a side hustle and I had it on the door and I learned a lot from that experience, I would say. And I always would just like start these little businesses or like just try and hustle some way or another. Like I'd just be selling something. I had like dance classes. I had this, like I would just be out there like hustling. Everyone knew like that girl is a hustler. (laughs) Like She doesn't stop. And I loved that, like, you know, that experience when you're building stuff, but I would get bored. And I think that was like my downfall in most of my businesses. Like I would do something for like, you know, six months, get bored, six months, get bored. So now it's like where I'm at. I feel like it's constantly changing all the time. So it's, it keeps it interesting. Um, and you get to like help people and see it progress. And when you're working on these like projects, it's a little bit different. So that has kept me more, you know, entertained and I think I got older as well so I have a better state of mind and know myself better to know like don't get involved in that because you you already know what that's going to be like like you don't need another online store girl like just don't bother um so now I've come to this you know point but yeah I've always been like that hustler go-getter like want to start something want to see something come like yeah I've always had that kind of mentality um And I also worked for a brief period in venture capital where this was during COVID. So when I worked at that startup, like I, I seen how the corporate world works and that really kind of changed my mind to never wanting to work like that again, because a, you see like, it's very male dominated. You also see like the corporate ladder and just everything that goes on and the drama and the behind the scenes and and basically you're working so hard to make someone else's dreams come true or you know you're working so hard to make their money and you're like why would I waste my precious time (laughs) is how I look at it now why would I waste my time trying to you know 
push someone else's career, make them money and not take the time to really just be like, what do I want to do? And what is going to make me happy at this point in my life? Because that's what I'm going to be the most passionate towards. So that, that shift really happened for me when I took time off and sat in Mexico and was like, okay, well, what's going to make me the happiest and what am I going to do in this situation? So that really altered my thinking as well. Um, but that whole world also introduced me to, you know, the idea of passive income and making money from, you know, not the traditional way. So that's also kind of was my, that changed my brain. Um, yeah, I think, I hope that answers your question. No, for sure does. <laughs> In a roundabout way. Yeah, it's it's funny the hustler thing because I feel like that was always me growing up too as I'm like trying to sell you something all the time and always like making a list of what chores can I do for my dad so that he can pay me something. And um, yeah, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs can probably relate to that as well is like always trying to hustle. And then same thing, like having that experience in the corporate world with me too. I was like, I can barely pay my rent and also have like a lifestyle, like actually afford to go out with my friends and stuff like that. And I'm, I am at a decent paying job, right? Like I'm, it's not like I'm working like minimum wage or like even I'm working overtime. I'm putting in a lot of work and I can barely even like live my life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yes, I'm fine to pay my rent and my stuff, but it's not like I can have all the fun that I want. And I was like, this is sucky. Like this sucks. Like (laughs) why, why is it like this? And I didn't want to spend, um, years and years and years in college. Um, so I love that you talked about getting bored and then shifting and then saying like how you were talking about now the industries that you're in, it's always changing and how that keeps you like um, not getting bored, keeps you interested, stimulated. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big one too, is when you're like trying to find what you want to do, you know, you don't want to do this, this, and this, but finding what it is that you actually want to do, like you tapped into, you said you get to see people like helping people. And then you get to see a project come to fruition. It's like, once you find out that those are like your drivers, I guess, then you can apply those to any industry that you're in. Absolutely. And I also like, I want to precaution people because <laughs> I feel like um, when I say that, I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel. But there's also days where, you know, you feel like, you're like, is this actually what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, I feel so you get like, I don't want to say it's imposter syndrome because it's not really imposter syndrome, but it's almost like, am I like actually doing this? Like, it's so, so strange. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that because you know you are like making your own path it's not like a linear thing and things change every day and like sometimes things don't work out the way you wanted them to and you're like oh well now this whole thing is just gonna fail like there's always like these you know you really need to be that motivator for yourself and someday some days you know it's just not like that and I think when you work in like that corporate job you're just like oh I have to do xyz because so-and-so is like breathing down my shoulder and I have these expectations that I have to meet. But when you're on your own and you're setting those things up for yourself, some days, you know, you're just off and, and sometimes you need to just give yourself that grace. That's like, okay, I'm just having an off day. So I'm just going to do the things that like I need to do. And it might not feel the best right now, but I'm just going to do them anyways. And, um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm sure you felt similar. <laughs> yep. Yep. Some days it's like, I can only do the bare minimum and even doing that fucking sucks. But yeah, I think what you're saying is like, you have to be that motivator for yourself. And it's, it's so much more rewarding, like doing that for yourself Mm -hmm. versus like you said, like being working for someone else or being in a corporate job where you're like, I have to do it because someone else says I have to do it or because I could get fired. Yeah. (laughs) It's much better on your own. Yes. Yes. I think most, most of the people who listen to this podcast either are entrepreneurs or have a side hustle and are building that up as they transition away from their job. 
Um, so we know you guys feel us. <laughs> what else do you see next for you? If it's not more real estate or more crypto investing? Yeah, I have something fun on the horizon, but um, yeah, right now I'm very like focused on the passive income. So I really want to just create, you know, multiple streams of revenue, that being where I am right now, Airbnb. So um one of my favorite things that I learned when I was living in Vancouver, because I didn't own that apartment, I was renting it. So I was doing like a rental arbitrage, more or less. And um, that model can definitely translate here. So I want to like, you know, scoop up some more properties and do more Airbnbs. Uh, me and my girlfriend have a cute little project going. I don't want to jinx it, but we are starting like a little slushy stand because um it's funny here, like, I feel like that was one of the things that was really hard when you're already in that, like, westernized, like, I want to say civilized, but it's like, you know, it's already built. Everything's already, like, operating stores. You have rent. It's, like, $10,000 if you want to, like, open your business. Like, the cost is just so high that even if you are an entrepreneur and you have these dreams, you're like, I have to literally put my life savings and I have to, like, you know, work so hard to get to that point where I can open a business if I'm not taking money from investors. So for us living in this like place where there's not much going on and there's not much laws, like we're opening like a little store. So it's, there's just so much opportunity when you go to these places that there's like nothing really happening there. So that's like the fun part as well as when you're living in Mexico is just being able to, well, I want to say take advantage, but <laughs> You, you know, get to experience, <laughs> yeah. You get to like experience, you know, being an entrepreneur, and it's a little bit easier because there's not this huge cost of of entry to the space. So we have lots of little fun things going on. Hopefully, I can just inspire people to also move to Mexico because I'm seeing it a lot actually. So I think people feel a lot happier in Mexico. So a lot of people are, you know, moving on over and yeah, it's cool to see people, you know, feel happy and less stress. And they're just like, wow, this is really cool. Why didn't I do this earlier? Or just being able to like work um, three or four months, you know, overseas or wherever you want to live and being able to like survive three or four months somewhere else and then like go back home or you can work remotely. You're just like, I'm seeing a lot of that. So it's, I hope people continue to do that. And that's really what I'm inspiring people <laughs> to do. Yeah. I think you totally are doing that. Um, because it, you do see a big shift in that too. Like in our generation, I think a client who was just talking about this too, like trying to move to a different country, whether it be like Mexico or, um, Bali or wherever and, um, and working remotely, like taking a, a cut on her hours and working remotely. And I was like, that's so beautiful. Like to be able to do that and like having the, um, not only option, but like the forefront to think that like leave behind almost like, I, like, like you said, like the Western world, right? Leave that behind and be confident enough to do that and just say like I just want to take time to myself and do my thing and experience life because there is so much more to our life than just working. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about work and money and um being confident in those things and building your business, but none of that really matters if we're not really enjoying it or living our life or doing small things that bring us joy every single day. So I think integrating that more is what I see from you on your Instagram. Yes, keys. I think, um, yeah, when you say like people get to have that confidence to like go out there and try something new and live somewhere new, like you grow so much as a person when you're like pushed outside of that comfort zone. It's like when I think back to who I was, like six months ago, it doesn't feel like that's the same person. And I think a lot of people experience that growth, you know, outside of traveling, but just seeing the world differently, whether it's, you know, trying to make it on your own, that's really like a boost of confidence, like moving to another place, being able to figure stuff out on your own is like a super empowering feeling. And it brings you also a different perspective, seeing how other cultures live, because especially Mexico, Mexico, 
you know, we see a certain side of Mexico where it's like resorts, like glamour, like, oh, this club. But like, obviously there's another side of Mexico where people are very poor. And um, especially where I'm from, it's still very, it's still very much all the native people. And they're very content with their lives and they don't have very much. And you really see something so different and you realize I don't need like the next, I was very materialistic. I'm not going to lie. I loved having like new purses. I loved having new nice clothes. Like I was like that girl always wearing designer stuff. Like I, now I'm just like, I don't have any place to wear this. A B like, I don't need this to make myself happy before it was kind of like, you're just like keeping up with the times, you know, you want to like buy this because you've seen it on Instagram. You want to like buy this because someone else has it. And when you're in Mexico, A, you don't have access to those stores very often or as much. So you're not like tempted, but also you're just like, I don't really need this to be happy. Like I would rather just go to the beach, (laughs) just like chill or like, you know, go eat some food. It's not really the same lifestyle. So it's definitely worth experiencing for people that haven't. Yes. I'm so happy that you talked about that because I had this like transition where I feel like I like I tell Michelle I'm like I feel like I turned into a woman like I became a woman at 32 years old I finally became a fucking woman um but it's like a shift in mindset when you travel or I think for us um my husband and I when we moved to Long Beach which is a beach city obviously um but it's also like a very relaxed smaller beach city so we are in a downtown, so it's probably like busier than most other parts of this city, but it's close to the beach. And um, when we go out here in um, Long Beach, like just walking, people don't dress like they don't dress up. No one's wearing heels. No one's carrying really a designer bag, maybe, but it's not as important, right? If someone's doing that, it's it's normal, okay, but it's not important and you're not thinking about it like that. And when we lived in Dallas, we lived in a similar area, but it was very like I was, I never would ever go out without heels on. I would never go out without a matching purse. Like, I mean, it was a really big deal there. And that was just the style and the culture. But when we moved here, um, and we stopped doing that and then we got used to it. And now it's almost like it brought my confidence up where like you're saying, like, I don't need to have that. I don't, if I go out in heels or in sneakers or flip-flops to me, it's all the same. Now being here, I'm like, it's me that's going out. It's not what I'm wearing. It's how I feel in it. And that was a huge boost of confidence. So that came obviously from moving to a different, a whole different city, just like you. So I feel like it's, it's such a big piece is like experiencing other cultures, but almost like immersing yourself in that for some time period and really being able to feel the shifts and the differences and then realizing that everything you already need is already within you. Yes, very much. And that's not to say it doesn't go without any like pain because <laughs> as like you purge these like ideas and, and these things that, you know, because I think it is part of your ego that really like holds on to that. And I don't know, you've, you've maybe gone through like, I would call them growing pains where it's like, I just like had this, it was like, I was just resisting it so much. That I just felt like, oh, I was just so angry. And just like, oh, I, just, I don't want to give up these things. But like, they don't hold any value to me at this moment. So it's like, I don't know why I'm so like, uh. so there's always like that growing pain that you go through where you're like, I don't want to give up this like idea of myself that I like had, but once you get over that, you're like, wow, okay. Like I feel so much better. Like I'm not going out of the house. I wear makeup like very rarely when I leave and like, I'm just wearing whatever, like it's very casual, but yeah, like you said, you don't feel like, ew, I'm so ugly. Like you feel like, oh, I feel great. Like I feel hundred percent confident right now. Like I don't feel anything. Confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shedding that is, is kind of hard. Um, I didn't, or Mm-hmm. like you resist it, like you said, because I didn't really realize that until you said it right now. But even like when we were in Dallas and I was wearing heels all the time, like I got very comfortable wearing heels. Like it wasn't, um, 
it, it wasn't uncomfortable for me to wear heels anymore. And that was like a big, for some reason, that was like a big point of pride for me. And then now I never wear heels and I almost feel like a little bit or felt, I guess I don't really anymore, but for a while I was like, oh my God, like I can't even walk in heels anymore. Like I'm so not girly. And I'm like, that is just not even true. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, it doesn't matter, you know, but shedding that old belief, like you said, can be kind of difficult sometimes. Yes. With a lot of things, (laughs) not just like our outward experience either, because, um, yeah, there's just like a whole like thought, the whole thought process and belief system that like, it's, it's like you're becoming a different person and you are such like a product of your environment is what like I realized as well as just like being surrounded by, and it's not even a conscious thing because you're just used to it. You're just used to being around the same people, used to being around the same environment, used to wearing heels, used to wearing like makeup, used to having these expensive things. And then when you don't have those anymore, you're just like looking at yourself like, uh, who am I? I don't even know anymore. So you kind of have to like rebuild that. But with that comes like a whole new like person that has so much more confidence, so much, it's just like a deeper person, you know? So kudos to everyone that's making changes in their life because it's not comfortable. It sucks sometimes, but on the other side, it's good for sure. Yeah. And a multifaceted version of you comes out right where it's not just like I'm this person from this place that you know has visited a few places a few times but I stayed the same person my whole life and never pushed myself right instead it's a multifaceted like version of you where I always think like when I'm old right and I'm like a grandma and my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren are like looking at a photo of me from different time periods in my life, they would be like, wow, like this is a different person every single time. Like, oh, you know, I can't believe this is you. That would be like a goal for me is like, I want to be the same core me at the end of the day, but have different versions of me that existed in my time period. Growth. We love growth. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a little rapid fire to end it. So I'm going to link everything for Nicole down below for you guys, real estate, healing hippies, heal app, everything that'll be listed below in the show notes for you guys. And then also on the Instagram and now we'll start our rapid fire. I'm super excited. Let's go. Okay. Um, (laughs) what is your favorite food? Ooh, I have to say it. Sadly, Italian food, but here I am. (laughs) Okay, Italian food. What? Well, I'm interested now to know what has been the best thing that you've tried since moving to Mexico. I'm a big fan of um, mole negro, which is like like a black. It has a little bit of like cacao in it, but it is so bomb. Make it with like chicken usually and rice, and it's like this really flavorful sauce. It's like a tiny bit of spice, but not. It's like Mm, it's delicious. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> I haven't had mole in a long time, a really long time. Ooh, girl. You know what? Oaxaca has the best cheese. That is, they do. That is my the favorite. String thing from cheese. Oaxaca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Super Mexico popular. in general has has amazing cheeses, but Oaxaca cheese is really good. It's top. What is your go to drink if you go out? Ooh, I don't drink alcohol, so I always get like mineral water with lime or like passion fruit with mineral water or like mm-hmm. Mexico has no shortage of like fresh juice. It's really cheap. So it's always like something juicy. Yes. I love that too. They do have a lot of fresh juices. Um, what's your go-to coffee order? I always get a cappuccino or like if I and it's like so hot. I'm still wearing cappuccino, which is so odd. Or like an iced coffee if I'm really feeling it. But yeah, I'm very basic. I don't even put sugar really. I always get hot coffee, even even when it's hot. Almost always. I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> mm, delicious. Okay, if you weren't living in Mexico, where would you be living? What other country would you move to? Ooh, juicy. Um, I think Spain. I have family in Portugal. So I've always visited Spain and Portugal. I really like 
those two countries. I need somewhere like hot most of the time. So probably. Yeah, the beach. We need the beach. I had a whole trip, a whole Spain trip plan that got canceled like COVID. So I'm still like holding on to that one. Yes, Moscow. Okay. What is your go-to candy when you go to the movie? Um, I usually get the but I usually yes that was my next question is do you put it in your popcorn or not <laughs> did you have you had AOL aim instant messenger back in the day I had MSN messenger okay what was your screen name <laughs> I don't know if I remember my screen name I remember my email it was like Daisy I think I called myself Daisy where did that come from <laughs> I have no idea I used to change my name like every other day and I would spell my name like, because you see my name is spelled with a K, like that's not normal. That's something I just made up, but my real name is like Nicole with a C, but I grew up being called Nikki. That's what my parents called me Nikki or that came from. I wanted to clearly be like three <laughs> different people. That's funny. I always wanted a nickname and I never had one. So my screen name was also a made up nickname too. So what was, what was yours? Oh my God. I was hoping no one would ever ask me that as a return question. <laughs> um, it was Allie, Allie cat, which is just like the epitome of how weird I was as a child because, um, I loved cats. <laughs> now I literally cannot stand cats. <laughs> they freak me out. Well, times have changed, Alley Cats. <laughs> uh, okay, last one is what has been your best Amazon or online? I'm not sure if you could you get Amazon where you are. Amazon or online purchase this month? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get much Amazon. I haven't ordered online in so long since I actually don't even like really know my address. Girl, I don't buy stuff anymore, but. I got an iPad recently and I'm really excited to start using because I want like the good notes and I want to like make all the fun. That's my like highlight. Hey, that's a good purchase. highlight purchase, honestly. That's a good one. Do you feel like you consume less because you're like you're um oh one hundred. It's not even because like I I I would have to say I'm a consumer or was a consumer, very much so, but you just don't have access. It's not easy access. Like it's hard to get stuff. So you're not going to, you're like, Oh, if I order something like, I don't even like, it's just so much effort to get it. It's like, I'm not even going to order anything. I'll just wait. And then once you wait, you're not making these impulsive buys because you have to wait so long. You have to think about how you're going to get it. So it's like, that just takes that out of the equation. So you really are way more thoughtful with your purchases. And I also like, I don't, I'm very nomadic. Like I constantly am like moving around. I don't want to have like a lot of stuff either. Yeah. Very freeing. When I, when I was like, I sold everything and I was like, okay, I have a few boxes I've been stored just later, but it was such a crazy feeling to just not have anything. <laughs> like what? I see why people backpack, but like, I can't go to that level. It's really, really crazy. Yeah. That would be super hard. I mean, even just like minimizing in the slightest bit is just like super, super freeing. And like, but then you realize, like you said, you don't need as much. No, we are like driven to consume things. It's actually very crazy how, yeah, it's just like everything's so easily accessible. Everything is like just there for you to buy at any point and you can get whatever you want, like any minute. Like you can just get DoorDash delivery. Like, I don't know if you guys have DoorDash, Uber Eats, like whatever it is, like you have food delivered to your house. I don't, I don't even have that option at this moment, but yeah, it's just, everything's like at the touch of your finger. Like you can get anything you want. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a different lifestyle and makes you appreciate different things, right? And value different things. And like you said, be more intentional with your purchases, which I really liked how you said that. Yeah, I think you become a lot more intentional just with like everything because it just like trickles down. You're like, I'm intentional with my, more intentional with my time, more intentional with what I'm purchasing, more intentional with what I'm viewing. And yeah, it's very, it's very freeing to be like that. Um, and of course you always like go, you always like go back to like your natural ways or like your ways before, like you do like trickle in those things that you're like, Oh, I'm going to the city and I'm going to go to the mall. And that's just what happens. And you're, but you're more content. You're just like, yeah, like I get to go to the mall. It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to go to the mall because I'm bored. Cause that's what I used to do. I'll just go to the mall because I was bored. 
but yeah, you get to be more intentional with a lot yeah. of things. Amazing. Thank you so much, seriously, for coming on. Thank you for um, sharing all of your knowledge, not only around crypto, real estate, life, everything. Um, super, super excited for this to air and for you guys to listen. I want to remind you again, I'm going to have everything for Nicole linked down below for her so you guys can connect online and um, check out the Heal app. I think that's it. Anything else you want to share? No, just thank you for providing this platform for everyone. Super cool. And it was so fun having you. So we're going to have you again for sure on a little Twitter space. Love to. Yeah, we love the vibe. And yeah, if anyone has questions about Mexico, I'm free in the DMs. You can DM me. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next week, I will see you guys next week.